Hey y'all, welcome back to The Snake's Paw. Today we continue our series, Marjorie and Houdini. This is part three, Grasping in the Dark. Mr. Houdini, welcome to Ten Lime Street. The others are waiting upstairs. Thank you. Dr. Crandon, I assume. Sorry for the delay. This is my assistant, Jim Collins. He'll keep minutes for us. How do you do, sir? Right. This way. John, turn that thing off. We can't have any distractions during the seance. Are you ready to finally be convinced, Mr. Houdini? I am always ready to be convinced if I see something convincing. I hope so. My wife is excited to have you here tonight. It's not every day we have a celebrity at one of our communions in here. Are you sure you inspected the whole house? Even my bedroom, Brody? Every nook and cranny? I can assure you, my dear, we were exhaustive in our... Houdini, finally. What kept you? It'd be so much simpler if you just took a room here. Wouldn't it? But I'm afraid my impartiality isn't as developed as yours. Accepting their generosity might sway my opinion. Perhaps we ought to be formally introduced. We will be working together, after all. Yes, sorry. May I introduce Dr. Prince, the committee's parapsychologist. A pleasure to finally meet you in person. I always look forward to your letters. Likewise. And I've been wanting to speak to you since seeing your show last week. Oh, yes. Did you enjoy yourself? It nearly gave me a coronary. I was certain you would die. Well, I'm happy to have you on this side of our seance, Mr. Houdini. Heart palpitations aside, your tricks absolutely confounded me. Makes me worry about tonight. How so? You tell people outright that you don't have access to the spirit world, yet part of me still wants to believe it. I come to doubt the power of my judgment. It's good to hear you keep an open mind, Prince. Not everyone is so receptive to possibility. Although you did take a very staunch position against the other mediums that Scientific American has investigated, I hope you bring that rigor to bear tonight as well. Gentlemen, I was offering a compliment. No need to pick it over like vultures. <laughs> My apologies. This is a subject we're all passionate about in one way or another. Anyway, it's not much of a psychologist who doesn't doubt his own judgment. Some might even say using the mind to study the mind is a fool's errand, eh? On that note, we fools have a particular errand today. Shall we give it a shot? Take your seats. I'm so excited to have two new sitters tonight. You have to promise me you'll be very impressed, Houdini, even if you do expose me. I think I can promise that, at least. If you don't mind, I'd like to inspect the table and chairs before we begin. By all means. While you're checking that, I'll go over our protocols one last time. We will state our observations aloud throughout the seance. This will include any phenomena we notice, any direct contact we feel, and so on. We are, of course, most interested in physical phenomena and whether they are authentically cryptesthetic. When reporting observations, be sure to speak loudly and clearly. Jim Collins, Houdini's assistant, will be transcribing everything he hears. Since the room will be darkened, he'll sit just outside in the hallway. We can all corroborate his transcript once the seance has concluded. That will serve as the definitive record of this experiment. We hope this seance will serve as the basis of the committee's ruling. Aside from our scientific observations, we'll do our best to adhere to a traditional Crandon household seance. That might be hard to do, 
as you know, our seances are typically very intimate and casual. I'm afraid all these formalities may throw off our usual rapport. Unfortunate, but it can't be avoided. If we intend to record and measure these phenomena, our methods must be scientifically rigorous. I only wish Houdini and Prince here got to experience one of our usual seances first, as you did, Malcolm. Should I make psychoanalytic observations during the performance? It's not a performance. It is, in a sense. Walter is quite the showman. If it strikes you as deserving immediate attention, certainly. Otherwise, I believe we can save speculation for later. Do you have anything to add, Dr. Crandon, Mrs. Crandon? It's hard to know how Walter will react. We've never done anything like this before, and he has his moods. Please bear with him. Houdini, are you ready? Give me just a moment. That's fine. Sorry for the delay. Find any trap doors or hidden compartments? I didn't expect to. Jim, are you ready to take your place? Ready. Can you hear us all right? Just fine. You can begin the transcript. Shall we? Do you mind if I take the seat next to you, Mrs. Grandin? You just want to hold my hand, don't you, Mr. Houdini? That is the idea, yes. Can we begin? Clockwise from Marjorie, the seating arrangement is Houdini, Bird, Prince, Dr. Crandon. The temperature of the room is 75 degrees Fahrenheit. At the center of the room is a round table. We're sitting in five chairs around the table. The only other furnishings are a smaller table with the Victrola and a lamp and the curtains on the window. We have a few objects for Walter to manipulate, a spirit horn and a luminous hoop on top of the table, and the bell box underneath. Ready? Proceed. The lights? The room is now dark. I cannot see anything. Join hands. The right hand of Malcolm Bird is rather clammy. I'm not sure we need to observe every single- Walter, we have some newcomers. They would like to talk to you and see what you're capable of doing. An awkward silence. I know you like to show off, Walter. Now's your chance. There's our fellow. They're very eager to see you move things, Walter. Like you've done the last few times we met up? They don't think I'm up to snuff. Collins, this is the voice of Walter. I wouldn't say that, but seeing is believing. But you can't see anything. A sudden coolness about the ankles. I feel that too. Likewise. Don't mind how they talk, Walter. They're running an experiment. An experiment, eh? I might run my own experiment. What happens when I do this? A tremendous force just shook the room. The table did not move, but I could feel it rattle. Seems to have resonated through the floor. Could potentially be someone striking the ceiling from the room below, or a blow to the floor by Marjorie's right foot. Who's this dolt? His name is Houdini. He's Houdini, the handcuff king. I'll be. Never got to see him while I was alive. What's he prattling on about? They have their doubts about the authenticity of the proceedings, Walter. Oh, I see. Oh, they don't think I exist. We have a few objects on the table here, Walter. 
We thought you could use them to demonstrate your abilities. The great Houdini is in the room, and you want to see little old Walter do some tricks? I'm honored, but I reckon you're asking the wrong guy. In fact, Houdini may pull some tricks tonight. I'm all about fair play. That's why I'm here. What trick would you like me to do? Ring the bell for us, Walter. You sure do get a kick out of that. I've never seen grown men go gaga over a bell before. Humor us, Walter. Ring it five times, please. I can feel her muscles tensing. What's that supposed to mean? You've got her hands held, don't you? I have her hand firmly in my grasp. Even if that's true, Even Marjorie yeah. could easily reach the bell box with her foot. <laughs> I'd like to see your version of things with the lights on. Imagine the kid bending every which way like a pretzel just to ring some silly bell. I'd like to see that too. Can you manipulate the spirit horn, Walter? Birdie, I'll make anything fly for you. I'm calling you from the other side, gentlemen. Follow my voice. Watch it dance in the darkness. The luminous hoop has been placed around the spirit horn. We can see it floating around the table. See the horn. Round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. The horn is now sitting atop my head. Yes, like a dunce cap. On every scientist... It has moved! To my head now. Who thinks I'm a lab rat to be poked and prodded? As if you could dissect a spirit, you damn fools. The horn has left my head. It appears to be floating over the table. What about you, Houdini? Are you a dunce too? You sure aren't a scientist. Scientists and I have one thing in common. Mm-hmm. And what's that? We seek the truth. How noble. Throw the horn for us, Walter. Have Houdini tell me where to throw it. Toward me. The horn has fallen just next to me. I can feel it with the tip of my shoe. How'd my sister pull that one off, Houdini? She used her foot? I can't say at the moment. Not her foot, I don't think. Have we stumped the great Houdini? This calls for a celebration. I must say, Walter, your taste in music is very low indeed. Hear that? Brother-in-law didn't care for ragtime. Son of a bitch. What's happened? Walter yanked on my mustache. What do you say, brother-in-law? Thank you, Walter. Are you having a good time? Yes, indeed. Isn't this a great party? It's always lively when you're around. <laughs> That's me, life of the party. I rather like the song, actually. What kinds of music do you like, Walter? Oh, shanties, ragtime, fiddle music, a bit of Brahms now and then. What is it you like about them? Do they remind you of being alive? Or of your childhood, perhaps? Of course they do. What else? We're distracting ourselves from the research. We do need to focus, Prince. Please pardon the digression. I thought if we understood how Walter feels, we, we might- We should determine whether Walter is real before we start psychoanalyzing him. Walter can feel what's coming next. But since you all know best, I'll wait. <gasps> oh, heavens! The table is shaking violently. It seems to be levitating off the ground. 
Yes, it's definitely rising. She could be raising the table with her leg or the back of her head. Apparently there's no end to the absurd stunts my wife can pull off. You know why we're here, Grandin. Let us do our work our way. Your way? You're so hell-bent on disproving our claims you might do anything. <laughs> Was that Marjorie? Is she alright? What's happening? It's harder to... I can't. Walter, can you hear us? Erik, mein Schatz. Du musst ihm verzeihen. Wer bist du? Sag mir deinen Namen. Deine Mutter, Erik. Cecilia Weiss. Parlez-vous français aussi? Tu dois le pardonner, mon fils. C'est si important. Qui? Il nomme. Non lascia che questo avvelene la nostra famiglia, Erik. Qualcuno deve perdonare. I have no idea what is happening. Quiet! Quien? El nombre? Es hora que se tiere esta herida. No dejes que se encone. Monimeki! Mondiaki anevet! Tudotski! Pochashmekneki! Nevnielkul es nevnielen chelmit! The lights! I have to check on Mina. The red light only, for now. Too much could hurt her. I'll get it. Oh my God, what happened to the table? Is she hurt? No, she doesn't appear to be. This has happened before. Mina, dear, come back to us. Come back. She's coming too. Shall I turn the rest of the lights on? Wait a moment. We can open the curtain, I think. I believe she needs some air. If you would all like to go downstairs and review the transcript, I'll join you once I've attended to Mina. Collins, were you able to get all that? Mostly, but there at the end, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. What was all that, Houdini? Who were you speaking with? It claimed to be my mother. I caught a bit of German. Was she telling you to forgive someone? Yes. She... It was a message, one I've heard before, and we spoke in five different languages. Quite remarkable, wouldn't you say? Prince, do you know anyone who can speak five languages? Not so remarkable where Mrs. Houdini came from. I've met waiters in Budapest who spoke a different language to everyone at the table. But do you know any... Yes, exactly my point. And that wasn't even the most remarkable thing we've seen this evening. Did neither of you notice that the table exploded? It broke, Bird. Don't be melodramatic. It broke completely in half. They don't make furniture like they used to. The force of it was extraordinary. Do you have any theories, Houdini? I do. This morning, I wrapped a tight bandage around my right shin so my leg would be sensitive. I can report that her feet are never still for long. They can account for some loud noises, the bell ringing and the table lifting, possibly even breaking. You think she broke a table by, what, smacking it with her knee? It does seem far-fetched. That's the least of the force she could muster if she was able to free a leg or an arm, or if she worked together with someone else. It's true that every person present is another variable. Houdini, let's indulge your fantasy for a moment. Say her husband did release one of her hands, or even used one of his own. How do you account for the movements of the spirit horn? It flew across the room to the spot you requested. With her hand free for a moment, she could have placed it on top of her head and then thrown it with a snap of the neck. All right, very good. And it floating around the table and settling on our heads, lightly and gently? Was that done with her feet or her neck? Or was there a whole army of confederates who rose from the floor when the light went out? It was quite a lot happening at once, and over so much space. Will you all allow a theory of my own? Please. 
The events we just witnessed closely resemble the shape of the mind. Walter is the id, Mrs. Crandon is the ego, and we ourselves are the superego, eager to turn on the light and exercise control. Crandon, is she all right? Yes, she's fine. She's enjoying a nice rest. We're happy she isn't injured. Not at all. She's quite upbeat. It seems we gave you gentlemen what you were asking for, eh? And the thing none of you had the sense to ask for. That spirit, what did she say to you? Uh, I couldn't say. I didn't understand all of it, and the things I did understand were quite vague. You're lying. You're a dirty, lying little... You deny me the fruits of my research just to win your contest and have another spotlight on you. At least Scientific American had the sense to send some scientists on the committee. Houdini has presented some very plausible explanations for what we saw. Houdini has been dead set on denouncing us since before he set foot into our house. Unfortunately, his reputation has preceded him. Houdini, you'll be happy to know that just yesterday we spoke to Sir Arthur, and he assured us Wait, that- Wait, you spoke to Sir Arthur? Yes. And he said that if you, you vote against- spoke to Sir Arthur? Yes, damn it. And he's willing to remove well, you from- Well, doesn't that just explain every- Houdini, let the man finish his threat. If you vote to accuse us of fraud, and if you do so alone in defiance of the other members, then Sir Arthur will have you removed from the committee, citing lack of faith in your judgment. There. I don't intend to vote alone. Your wife's multilingual performance tonight was admirable, but your conversation with Sir Arthur explains it completely. Just a few days ago, he took me to another medium who delivered a message along the same lines. He must have thought it affected me and passed word along to you and your wife to help create- He told me no such thing. This is pure speculation, Houdini. You can't expect us to regard these accusations as proof. Isn't that right, Prince? And you can't expect events in a dark room with knowledge of one hand and one foot to stand as proof either. Isn't that right, Prince? You know, when I think of the wonders of the human mind, I often feel as though I am in a dark room, reaching to grasp anything at all, to have hold of a hand, much less a foot. Are you all waiting for me to vote? If it would be convenient. If you feel confident. Thank you. I do feel confident in my answer. You ought to see the couple dancing up and down the hall when the band plays. Oh, say, you don't want to stop. John, could you turn that up, please? Leroy, did they... Don't look that way. We gave it our best. But we're finished. From now on, it'll just be us and the gang. It won't be. What happened? They want another one. Tomorrow. And they want to add restraints. What did you tell them? I told them we would do it. We had them today. Their restraints will only assure that tomorrow they'll know they're had. With any luck, that fraud will be ashamed enough to go back to where he came from. Leroy, I can't. What do you mean? I mean that today was exhausting, and another day like it with restraints added in, whatever that even means. I'm not at all confident that I'll be able to produce results. With a good night's rest, you'll feel differently. Tell them to hold it another day and and give us details about these restraints. For God's sakes, woman, there are more important things in the world than your comfort. No. I've been patient. 
I've endured that vaudeville trash in my house. I've humored Burden, his games, and I've waited through months of your hemming and hawing before we could speak to Walter. I will not lose more time now because you're nervous. Tomorrow, I will have those men out of my house or I will have you out of it. There are other mediums in the world. Finishing up for the night? You had something else you wanted? Yes. Uh, for tomorrow, we have to figure out a way to hold her still. If she were a man, we could tie her legs together and put her in a straitjacket. But we can't do that, because then the newspapers would all say Boston Medium finds investigation of life after death uncomfortable. So we build a contraption. You've read my mind. I'm picturing something like a roll-top desk, hollow inside, with a lid that can close over her. With holes for her head and... And her hands, yes. And enclosed on all sides. We don't want her tilting it and getting her feet out. Can you make a sketch and send it to the committee tomorrow morning to get their approval? Right away. Excellent. Anything else? Well, yes. I was going through my notes, transcribing them into longhand, and... I have a place where it just reads... Spirit speaks in German, but I still don't have the details of what it was she said. I couldn't tell you everything she said. She spoke all five of the languages my mother knew, and three of them I only know a few words of. Professor Prince mentioned that she said to forgive somebody. Was that correct? It was. Does that mean anything to you? Surely that doesn't belong in the record. No, it's just that... I would very much like to understand it. If my mother were standing here and said, forgive, it would only mean one thing to me. You know my family, Jim. If memory serves, you've met my older brother, Nathan, but not my younger brother, Leo. That's right. Nathan made a poor marriage. His wife divorced him, left him broken. And ten days later, she married again to Leo. My God. Before that... Our family held together through everything. We weathered the journey from Budapest to Wisconsin to New York, and we lasted because of my mother. When I started to make good money, my greatest pleasure was making sure she lived in the condition she deserved. And after she died, you saw. You never worked harder. To honor her. The same reason I've cared for all my brothers and my sister, despite our differences. And Leo, the one who she carried inside her all the way from Budapest to Wisconsin. I bear him no ill will. There's a gift for him in my will if he divorces the woman. But our mother is the one he wronged. And the only way I could ever forgive him is if she told me to. So when that old bat that Sir Arthur took me to said, forgive, I flinched. Even though I can see it was a lucky guess. And he saw my reaction and passed word to the Crandons. Mrs. Crandon made quite a show of it. Milked it for all it was worth. Do you know anything about Leo? Has he ever tried to reach you? Last I heard, he was lamenting the embarrassment of having a magician in the family. You don't mind my being a magician, do you, Jim? It's the least of your faults, Harry. <laughs> 
So you'll add all that to the transcript as a footnote, maybe? I think I'll write communication in various languages. Incomprehensible. Good man. He's a strong one, Jim. But we've yet to face one of these people who wasn't either deluded or insane or shameless enough that they could lie with their whole being. Maybe we'll find out which one Mrs. Crandon is. And never mind sending off those plans in the morning. The committee will accept it when they see it. First thing tomorrow, we build. John. Mina, would you... Mina. Mina? Mina. Mina. Mina, wake up. Mina, wake up. <gasps> Look. Tonight when she came, this is what she did. She came from nowhere, stepped into you, didn't ask, didn't pull strings, just did it. And she left. She got out. I saw it all. And he helped her do it. This is what we could do if you... <gasps> I, I didn't... <gasps> Call for you? What? You don't have to now. Now we can do things we never thought. Mina. Mina, come out of it. Don't touch. Leroy, what is this? Mina. I know what we can do now, but only if you let me. Who is this? Is this Walter? Walter? I am not the danger. You let it in tonight when you open the door to give me back. You're hurting that man. I tried to hurt him, but I couldn't. He and she together pushed me out. They fooled you all, but I saw they are everything we wish. I can't. He is everything you could. Leroy, I can't breathe. Here, here, sit up. You could. I, you could. You could let me out of here and into. I'm still stuck under. It still hurts. And I've answered every, moved every, waited, 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 waited. Think what we could do if only you, Leroy, what can I I want to do? If I could, I, but I already, all I can. Bullshit, you never. I'm the one who, I answer every, I move every. No, Walter, I move everything. I've been moving everything since the beginning. I, we started and and I figured out how to move the table and then when you came I, I I felt what you wanted and I Mina, wanted to give it to you Mina are you saying I never nothing 
You did so much. You brought back the people who, the child who, the friend who, all of that. Mina, I'm alone. There aren't, there weren't. It's empty. It's so far. Let me in. No, you're lying. It's empty, just bleeding, and the ledge coming closer so far down, so much worse than nothing. You take it back. (gasps) Oh, God, Leroy, he made... I couldn't. Hold my hand. Get off. Liar. Selfish. Lying. Months... I've been out there risking everything, telling everyone that because no wife of mine would be capable of everything shredded because I trusted you. A liar from a family of liars. Look on the bright side. Maybe you can tell them we discovered hell. We still have to get through tomorrow. Oh, God. Tomorrow. They're going to be expecting a lot. In all this time, you've been... Yes. So if we're going to be ready, I'm going to need you to do some of the work for a change. John? Are you listening? Come back to bed, love. Marjorie and Houdini, Part 3, Grasping in the Dark. Written by Matthew Morris and Andrew Ferrier, with help from Jack Townsend. You heard the voices of John Angelo Cassaro, Harmon Gunston, Jeff Quash, Helen Jacks, Andrew Ferrier, Jack Townsend, and Helen Schmel. We had recording help from James Lanius and mastering and sound design from Zach Lanius. You can find us online at thesnakespaw.com with links to all our other platforms, and you can also support the show at ko-fi.com slash the snake's paw. We'll be back with the final installment next week. <laughs>